I just want to thank you, Andy, and uh, Tommy and Sandy for the the hymns and the prayers and the, your words and all just in line with the with the word this morning. So I think God's in, in our midst. Good to be with you. And uh, my subject this morning is one like Moses. And you find the text in Deuteronomy 18, verse 15. The Lord your God will raise up a prophet like unto me, and unto him shall you hearken. Now before we get to that part, uh, I want to read a portion of scripture to you from First Peter chapter 2, reading from verse 3. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house, to a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For the scripture it says, Say, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. And the stone that causes men to stumble. And the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Amen. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. When I was in business, I used to do a bit of flying. And it always amazed me, no matter how dreek and miserable and wet it was when you took off from Glasgow Airport, just up through the clouds, the sun was shining, bright and lovely, beautiful snow-like cloud formations below you, lovely sunshine. And the reality is the sun is shining all the time, even when we don't see it, which is just like God, the omnipresent, always present, sometimes unseen, but always there and always at work. That's our God. Some people have difficulty and reconciling the God of the Old Testament with the God of the New. When you read the book of Joshua and his uh, conquest of the land and the annihilating seven nations, he's like, goodness me, what on earth is going on here? What kind of God is this? And a lot of people think, well, you know, it's a different God in the New Testament. But it's not. But God says, I am the Lord and I change not. I want to try and reconcile the God of the old and the God of the new because God's purposes are one. He never changes his plans. His goal is the same. The redemption 
him of his people. God is interested in people, not events, people and their redemption. Right through the scriptures, the theme is I want a people that should be my people. That will be their God. It began with Abraham, whom God called out and he made a covenant. A covenant that through nation, all the nation, he would build a nation, he would call it a people, especially his own. But through him, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. That was God's ultimate purpose. Now the covenant didn't have a promise to start. For he says to Abram, your seed will be 400 years in bondage, 400 years in slavery to the, to the Egyptians. After which I will judge the nations that oppress. Now the 400 years was time, it was a grace thing. Time for the Amorites to repent. For God says, 400 years while their iniquity is to reach its full height. God's dealings with men are always opportunities of grace or judgment. Who were the Amorites? I couldn't find out where they were descended from. I think most of them ended up in Glasgow. When you try to witness them, they say, I'm all right. However, the Amorites, he a representative of the seven nations of Canaan, the land of Canaan, simply because the Amorites were the largest group. But the land that God promised was occupied by seven nations, whom God was giving time to repent. And the land stretched from Jordan through Syria, through Palestine. And God had promised. They were nomads. They were wanderers. Abraham had nothing. And God says, I'm going to give you this land. And when I deliver my people, they'll worship me here. Like all societies, you know, in the days of Noah, the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, and even in their day, God monitors wickedness. And there comes a time when he says enough. So God's prophecy to Abraham at the end of the 400 years came through. And that brings us up to Moses. Moses was a deliverer. Now, as you recall, that Moses was first rejected. You remember, you recall, he was raised in the palace of Pharaoh. And he thought, no doubt, you know, due to my status and my position, I'll deliver the people of God. I'll deliver my countrymen. And he made an attempt. And he got the rebuff. Who made you a man to rule over us? And he had to end up having to flee <laughs> to find his true destination. But he was God's man. God had chosen him to bring out his people out of Egypt. And the hallmark of that delivery was the Passover lamb. When I see the blood, I will pass over. 
So God then only judged the Amorites. He redeemed his people by blood. And he brought them into the promised land. The signs and wonders led by this man Moses. And his charge to Pharaoh was, let my people go. So God was doing something. In Exodus 6, he says, I will take you to me for a people. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of Egypt. Jeremiah says, I shall give them a heart to know me, and they shall be my people. So this deliverance brought through the blood of the Lamb and signs and wonders. It became the identity, the foundational tenet of the Jewish faith. Right through the Old Testament, they hearken back to, I am the God that delivered you. God cleared the land to establish a nation, to make room for the people of God. Now, the people of Israel was a model or a prototype of God's intent for the world. And they say all scripture is given for our inspiration. And just as lifting up the bronze serpent in the wilderness pointed to the cross of Christ. So the choosing of Israel was not intended to be an exclusive, an exclusive thing, but inclusive. For Jesus said to the women of Samaria, the women of the well, salvation has come from the Jews. So from this nation, salvation and blessing was to go out to all nations of the world. And that's why Moses prophesied. He will raise up a prophet like unto me, and you shall hearken unto him. So just as God intervened miraculously in Egypt with plagues and wonders, he has intervened miraculously in our world by sending Jesus. One like Moses. And like Moses, he too was rejected first time. We will not have this man to rule over us. Crucify him. The stone the builders rejected. He was lifted up to draw men unto himself and deliver us from the bondage of sin. Just as Israel looked back to the Exodus as a defining identity, so we look back to the cross. He was that prophet. Luke says it, and the, he came, his purpose came to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And that's what told God at the first day to visit the Gentiles to take out a people for his name. And Titus, Paul said, he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify to himself a peculiar people. <laughs> when he comes back, you know, he'll do exactly what God did to the Amorites. He will clear the land and give the people of God the new air. I always wonder, when will he come? He says, when the fullness of Gentiles has come. I used to think that meant when all the Gentiles are to be saved, they're saved. He'll come. 
But in the light of his dealings with the Amorites, I think the fullness of the Gentiles means when the fullness of their wickedness has reached its height and God calls time, it's enough. So in our day, what God is doing, he's still doing the same thing. He's calling out a people that were not a people. But why does it say a people that were not a people? Simply because they have no nationality. They are the sheep separated from the goats in every nation. Every nation under the sun. For whosoever will may come. And that people that were not a people <laughs> become the people. The people of God. That is the church. The church is, and the Bible is called the eclectic ones. The called out ones. God's purpose remains the same. Calling out his people. Revelation 21 says, The tabernacle of God is of men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. We are that people. Second Corinthians 6, it says this, You are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in you. They shall be my people. Psalm 100 says, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. The issue is never judgment, but salvation. Paul says salvation, we are saved from the wrath to come. God never rejects anyone. People reject God. Jesus came to save us from the wrath to come. We have no fear of judgment. For there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Those in Christ Jesus are called in, just as this was called, to receive our inheritance. That brings us back to our reading of First Peter. Which says, which in time past, you were not a people. But now, you are the people of God. And who are these people? Well, he tells us. Those who have tasted the Lord's grace. Doesn't his grace just abound in your life? He said, well, by his grace, we are saved. I like that verse in Job that says, Job declares, God, Lord, you are just sheer grace and mercy. Secondly, it says, those who are built in as living stones. We need to take, we need to be added in. We need to be into the body, the people of God. There's no low range of each members one of the other. I think it's a system that's cracking up, not me, I hope. <laughs> but we are those called out, the eclectic ones, called out of darkness into his marvelous light. A chosen generation, a holy nation. 
Isn't that just the gospel of redemption? It's an invitation to grace or to judgment. To be saved from the wrath to come or to reject and be condemned. Trust this morning. You'll make sure you're among those who taste the Lord's grace, whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you, Lord, you'd rather save than destroy. We thank you, Lord, you're a God of redemption. And we bless you for the work of Christ that reconciled us to you and made it possible for us to see Abba, Father. Receive our thanks, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.